0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bull Predictions here at Inside Nebraska. With me, as always, is Steve Marek and Greg Smith. I'm Zach Carpenter. We're previewing today Nebraska versus Maryland. Maryland right now is a two-and-a-half-point favorite with a 44-and-a-half over-under per BetMGM. Gentlemen, before we start this, before we, uh, before we get into bull Predictions and a deep dive, around, uh, dig into a preview here, I want to start things off. Steve, You're the, you're the captain of, uh, of uniform Jersey Twitter. I just check out the Slack message. Check out what I just sent you for the Maryland unis on Saturday against Nebraska. What, what, what are our thoughts?
1: Yeah. So if we're going Dave Portnoy pizza scale one through 10, that's about a, that's about an 8.4. That's a really solid from, from, uh, Maryland. I mean, that's, you know, white on white, white helmet, white top, uh, white pants, with the, you know, it's nothing crazy. You got the Terp script on the side. That's beautiful. That's a nice touch. Um, the the numbers are popping out with that red red numbers, um, black outline. It's a good look.
2: It's going to be a good looking game on Saturday uh I, I don't like the numbers i like everything else <laughs> numbers, not, I don't like the numbers uh, yeah. greg <laughs> the numbers yeah except for i'm i am i am scarred because you, i don't oh. uh maybe like five years ago four years ago with those. nebraska with those metallic ones or whatever that you couldn't read the numbers from the press box yeah um so now i always look at that to see yeah i don't love the number but eh. It's a good look, but I don't know. Will this make anyone change their score prediction now that you've seen this sharp look that Maryland will be uh, rolling with on Saturday? That's going to be a game time decision when we get there. I don't know. It might. They, I mean, Maryland's going <laughs> to. I'm going
1: to change
0: it. I've, I've already changed it in my mind. As soon as they put that out, I'm like, all right. That's yeah. sort of the that's sort of the thing that takes it over the top because uh, Steve and I, I think we're both in the same camp. I, I don't know if you are, Greg, about the all white unis and uh, every time Nebraska last winter was putting out. Uh, recruit photos anytime a, yeah. a visitor on campus put out mm. a uh, picture in all white it's like bring them bring them bring yeah. them to lincoln and everyone awesome. feels uh some sort of way about that from uh in some range it's uniform twitter it's mm-hmm. it it's it's one of the it's one of the niches of niche is that how you say that word niche. i've never known niche i've heard it i've heard it both i've heard it both niche. Yeah. yeah well we're yeah. not i here. say niche we're not here for pronunciation guide. We'll save that for mm-hmm. uh things like Nash Hutmaker and Marquis Buford um on Saturday. but yeah, I mean I think that make a joke about the the uniforms taking it over the top, but um that's sort of been a, it's sort of been that type of uh that type of game when we're previewing it and thinking about predictions for me at least and I think it is for you guys too of like kind of waffling back and forth of like, all right, how's this game gonna go? what do we think's gonna happen like Uh, I know it's a, it opened as a one, one and a half point spread, two and a half. I mean, it's in that, it's in that two and a half or under range, um, no matter what book you look at. And uh, both teams, five and four is a pivotal game for both because, uh, I mean, if Nebraska, obviously if if either team, whichever team wins is going to be bowl eligible officially. But um, if Nebraska loses, you start getting... You start feeling those keisters get a little tighter, a little tighter. As you have a trip up to Wisconsin, and then you're welcoming Iowa in um, on Black Friday, and then Maryland. They still have to uh, they still have to host number two Michigan and travel or go to um, to Rutgers, which is not going to be an easy game or easy place to play. So this this is a big game on Saturday, Steve. What uh, mm-hmm. what are we what are we thinking for your first bowl prediction? How you think see things sort of shaking out?
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of the talk with uh, Maryland this week has been their passing offense, and obviously it's it's pretty good. It's one of the best in the Big Ten. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten with Talia Tagovailoa, uh, Tua's little brother from Alabama, and now the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Talia can play. He's a baller. He's a fifth-year guy. He's old. He's he's a veteran. He's averaging 276 uh, passing yards per game, tops in the conference, 21 touchdown passes, 7 interceptions, so, yeah, I mean, uh, Maryland's passing game against Nebraska's passing defense is going to be uh, the kind of the biggest area where I'm kind of paying attention to on Saturday. So with my bold prediction, I'm kind to kind of uh, stay in that area and go with Marquise Buford records his first interception of the season in his second game that he's played in. So that's my uh, uh, big, bold prediction, because with Malcolm Harksog potentially being out after getting dinged by Sam Levitt's left shoulder, uh, last weekend at Michigan State, he might not play. That's going to open the door for more playing time, more snaps from Marquise Buford. And I think we all agree, uh, after not playing since last November um, against uh, Wisconsin in the second to last game of the season, uh, what Marquise showed at Michigan State, he was moving around really well. It kind of makes you think that he could could have probably played uh, maybe last game or a couple games ago, but that's what Rule kind of wants to do with with uh, those ACLs and um, kind of serious knee injuries is really kind of be careful with them and not rush anything and be super, super positive that once you're out there, you're out there 100%, not, not at like 95 90%, 100%. And I think Marquise Buford is 100% back. And so, um, uh, yeah, I think he picks off Talia Tagavailoa, and that'll be his eighth interception of the season. Tilly is. So um, yeah, Uh, Marquise Buford, big, bold prediction. He gets an interception. There's
0: a hell of a, there's a hell of a story on inside com about him by a really, really, uh, really handsome, well-dressed writer. So you guys should go check that out. That writer uh, (laughs) charted all the, all the 16 snaps for Marquise Buford to see what his role was like. And um, sounds exciting. So go check that out. But I like that. I love that, uh, that prediction from
2: Steve anyway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. I'm I'm surprised that anyone would say that baby Mahomes mixed with Kyler Murray would throw an interception in this game. Um, but it does seem like there's been so much talk. And it, it's weird because like on one hand, I really like the over the top praise from Matt Rule and like Tony White and those guys about the opponent, um, because I think it kind of takes will set um, expectation for the fans that like, it's, yes, some of these teams are struggling, but they are still Big Ten teams that have talent on their roster. We saw that even going back to the Purdue game with kind of their edge players and guys that, man, if you would if you could put them on Nebraska, like you take that in a heartbeat. I think the same way with Michigan State. I think they had talent, and I think that Maryland has talent as well. So I, I do like that pick, uh, though, by Steve. So we've talked so much about the passing game. Um, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with Nebraska's passing game. I, my bold prediction is that Heinrich Harburg, the, the off-malign Heinrich Harburg at this point, um, cracks 200 yards passing. Now, you might say when you first hear that, wow, how bold is that? Until you actually go look inside the numbers and realize. Pretty damn bold. That's pretty bold. Um, the 199 is the high for the season against Michigan um, in which, you know, they basically had to throw the ball around to try and, you know, keep it, you know, somewhat respectable, uh, which they didn't really do. Anyway, the next highest total for him in a game, is 158 against Northern Illinois early in the season. Um, the highest amount of passes also came in that Michigan game. He had 25, or no, sorry, it was Michigan State last week. 28 against Michigan State last week. He only completed 12 of those. Um, I think that he gets to 200 this week, but I also think that they're going to hit a couple of more of these big plays. And the the reasoning for that is, is a kind of a law of averages situation. Those plays are there. Like every week, I feel like mm-hmm. we look up And if he would just make one more read or be just a little bit more patient um, or make the right throw, then the, you would be able to have some of these explosive plays. Like I feel like there's going to be at least three crossing route opportunities in this game that he can take advantage of because they're there every week. I think that they're starting to find a little bit of something with, I like them uh, throwing a jump ball last week to Malachi Coleman down the sideline. Um, so long as they're doing that to him and not Jaden Doss, I don't think that that's necessarily the matchup that, that you need. I like Doss in the slot. Don't like him doing jump balls. Uh, but I think Harburg has a better performance, a more decisive performance Because the last week, I think, was a real regression for him. And I think we all could probably agree this is not a hot take. His worst performance um, of the season. And it looked like in a lot of spots that it wasn't just that the information was too much or that he was processing it slowly. He wasn't really processing it at all. So I think all of the talk about him being freed up this week and kind of working with Dr. Haskell and all of that, I think that helps him. I think he hits 200 yards passing this week. uh, And then we'll see where that leads us for, for a final score prediction later on. No, I like that
0: last point, especially because, um, I mean, yeah, just, um, obviously just to reiterate your points of, he was clearly hesitant and, um, was like robotic and going through his read was un- reads was unsure, um, of, of what decisions to make. And you could see him like, sort of, you could see him struggling with that in real time. And I mean, it's similar to, uh, I think it was the Michigan game um maybe it was northwestern um when matt rule talked afterward about how i think he talked um like on monday or thursday of the following week like yeah i told henrik he just needs to he just needs to be himself like don't be anyone but yourself like uh he was essentially saying Harburg's trying to do too much order to be superman out there um and we saw that earlier in the year from jeff sims with the uh, against minnesota and colorado with a somewhat similar situation of like, he's just trying to do too much, get in your own head. And then you're, um, then you're battling against your, against yourself and the defense. Then you have, you're facing 12 guys out there on the field, like instead of 11. So I think, I think that's important to get Heinrich back and back grounded, um, and have him playing loose and free. And just like, just do what the, the, what the defensive staff has this defense do just play ball, like just, go out there and be loose with it at play. Like you have nothing to lose. Um, But um, obviously at at quarterback, you have to play a little smarter than that, but still having that mentality, I think would be um, would serve him really well and maybe simplifying things. That's one of the interesting parts of we talk about complicated, complex Marcus Satterfield offense that I think has been simplified um, out of necessity with all the injuries and the youth on this team. But um, he's, he's the one to watch with as far as, um, I think scaling it back and just letting them letting them loose and not uh not thinking too much but my uh my bold prediction I, I keep going back and forth because I am so tired of doing any sort of takeaways bold prediction so I think I've done it at least twice if not three times, and what do you guys always tell me? Don't predict Nebraska to do something that has never done right Oh. they <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not going the turnover, the takeaways route, and I feel like I could, um, because Talia is a solid quarterback. But um, for the points uh, Steve made, but yeah, uh, he will throw the uh, throw. He's kind of a cowboy, though. Yeah, exactly. That's what that yeah. that was the Patrick Mahomes comparison uh, mm-hmm. that that Matt Rule made. I, I know the point he was trying to make of like he'll run around back there and uh, let it loose, like mm-hmm. uh, run to his left, throw it to uh, throw it. Um, sort of across his body, and I think there's going to be opportunities for tip balls and uh, tip yep. drill balls and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, chances for, like, Marquise Buford or Phelan Sanford or Quentin Newsom to step into passing lanes, Tommy Hill. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if if we see one or two interceptions, maybe Tommy Hill, finally, after uh, three weeks in a row, Northwestern, Purdue, and Michigan State, when he could have uh, housed a pick six. Um in each of those games. He was that close to, to getting a pick on the first first series against Northwestern. He almost got one on the first series against Michigan State, both of which would have been um easily returned for the house. And he had the one at the end of the game against Purdue. But um a- after all that talk about takeaways, I'm 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 gun shy. I'm gunshy, boys. I can't do it. I can't do the takeaways again. I'm going with the sacks number, which I've done five times. But I think out uh, those five times, I think it's been accurate, like four, and just looking back, I mean, Maryland's Maryland's offensive line is going to be leaky, there's going to be, there's going to be opportunities for sacks, I mean, Nebraska's 13th in the country, 28 sacks this year, and uh, at Penn State, or uh, uh, Maryland's allowed 20 sacks on the season, and Penn State last week, racked up six of them against Maryland, Northwestern, six sacks, Illinois three, Ohio State two, so um, you saw again it, it, in that early that classic first part of the schedule that Maryland plays, where it's against a lot more, a lot softer competition before the Big Ten East um, schedule really gets going. Those first five games, one, two, three, four, five, they allowed a total of three sack, uh, a total of one, two, yeah, three sacks over the last four games. It's fifteen. So there's going to be something there. There's going to be opportunities there, and more specifically. I'm going with a two sack game for James Williams. Two set game from James Williams and six by the Nebraska defense. And I got some numbers here, fellas. I told you I'd save it for the podcast. Pressure rate. I was doing, I was doing a story, I heard a quick couple notes on James Williams. And I was, uh, it wasn't going to be very long. And then it, it devolved into an hour of research and uh, writing down stats that I've popped in my mind. I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. He, right now, James Williams, is fourth on the Husker defense with in pressure rate at 22.2%. In pressure rate, uh, it takes the amount, the number of pressures you have divided by the total number of pass rush snaps. So he has six pressures in 27 pass rush snaps. Small sample size, but he's still number four on the defense right now uh, with six pressures over those 27 um, pass rush attempts. Uh, behind, he's right behind Javen Wright, John Bullock, and Luke Reimer, and ahead of Prince Will um, Yellen, and Jamari Butler. So, this I think this is going to be a game where he gets used. Maybe we see him an uptick in uptick in snaps and and those opportunities, um, especially Prince Will is on the shelf because there's a chance that mm-hmm. uh, that Prince Will is still in concussion protocol or still recovering. So, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a really good opportunity for James Williams to uh, have another one of those games, and then we. We likely likely would see a red shirt after that. He's at the three game mark now, so this would be his fourth game. And he's a situational pass rusher. He's a specialty um he's a specialty player for inserted in just those situations. So I think we're gonna see it on Saturday. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna get the James Williams Sack, sack man or aka Sticks, as Steve Mark uh has championed. His nickname is
1: Sticks, not Sackman, but um, I'm always going to go with sticks. I'm sorry. I, I think that's the better
2: nickname than Sackman. We're still we're still in debate. I we uh, need to I start hope, a poll on. I hope that Nebraska he there. now. I hope that he uh, has a podium game so that we can ask him once and for all. Like it needs to be a side session too, not at the main one, because he'll be more open if we get him in the side. Um, and then I'm going to yeah. ask him flat out. Like I'm going to say, what, Steve do Mark says, you know, "What do you <laughs> What do up? you want?" Yeah, because your teammates said Sackman, Steve Marks says Sticks, uh, what do you like? And of course, Sticks, he'll Sticks was the
1: original nickname when he was in high school uh in in, uh, uh, in Missouri and then uh, at Iowa Central Community College, Sticks was the name, and then it was Sackman once he started playing for the Huskers. So <laughs> Wait, I'm going with the original Sticks. Why why was what how did you get
0: that nickname? What was the well story? when in high
1: school he was just long, he was super okay. long, he's six foot five, he's pretty um, pretty thin right now. Yeah, pretty he, thin, yeah. You know, playing at 235, 240 pounds right now, um, and just think about what he looked like at Iowa Central, and then uh, in high school, just this gangly guy out there, sticks, so I I really liked it, I think it fits him too, because a good nickname should be something about your look, your personality, something like that, and when you look at James Williams, the excellent, excellent frame that he has for an edge guy on a defensive front at 6'5", 230, 240 pounds, um, he just looks like a stick out there, he's just limbs everywhere, but Apparently he's hard to block. So I, I, I really like, incredible, I really like. For
2: incredible first step.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice job. Had, nice job. Uh, Terrence Knighton in the summer, yeah, in really grad camp.
0: Yeah. yeah. That the, the sack he had against Michigan state. I mean, he did a really nice job of not just getting around the edge, but like dipping under, it was, and a, he took a
1: chip a, from a from a tight end or a, a running back or something, and then went, went 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 against the left tackle too and beat him. So that was a really good um, one two one two element from um, uh, James Williams.
0: Yeah, I think he, it's not a fluke. I don't think it's it's flukey. No. I
1: mean, we're just no, he can rush a passer. Especially <laughs> he can absolutely, can rush. Yeah, he's passer. got skills. Yeah, being
0: in those being in those limited snaps too helps him just kind of tee off. I mean, we're seeing that all across the defense um, with the rotations. That it's like, all right, we're we're gonna be able to rotate so keep guys fresh and. Um, just like, I think it, uh, it allows guys to just go balls to the wall with as, as many snaps as they can, because they know that, that they're going to get, they're going to get a breather, um, all across that defense. But anyway, enough about James Williams, uh, coming into this one, I do think it's going to be an opportunity for him and the rest of the Husker pass rush to sort of tee off, um, a little bit on, on Tagovailoa and the, uh, the Maryland offensive line. But, Score predictions, boys. So, Maryland, like I said, uh, to open right now is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 44-and-a-half right now. I think we all keep going back and forth, back and
1: forth on what we think. But, Steve, what do we got? This was so tough for me to find out, to figure out, like, who's going to win this thing. I have no idea. Uh, Maryland comes in here a uh, four-game losing streak, just got blown out by Penn State. And I'm thinking to myself, like, these guys, these Terrapins, are flying halfway across the country from Maryland to Nebraska. They're probably wondering what a Nebraska is. Are they going to be juiced up to play this game? Are they going to be wanting to go out there at 11 a.m. after E-Y-O-G. getting off a plane? Um, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm just going to go against what I, what I maybe truly think and say Nebraska is going to win this thing. Uh, Nebraska wins at twenty-four to twenty. I think it's going to be a nail-biter, a four-quarter game. Um, it's not going to be enjoyable for Husker fans to watch because I, I think um, they're they're just not good enough right now offensively to kind of run away from a, a another Big Ten team, and with uh, the the threat that Tallieper. Uh, per, uh, has back there um like i said he's a cowboy he can do a lot of good things he can also do a lot of bad things he um just needs to be reined in a little bit but that's who he is that's that's the kind of quarterback he is he's a gunslinger he's going to make some plays but he's also going to make some bad plays um so i don't know at the end of the day i think nebraska gets this thing 24 20 and qualifies for a bowl i guess <laughs> <laughs> big deal yeah yeah that, that would of be kind of slip that in there at the end yeah you know? kind of a big deal yeah
2: yeah, I, th- I think the, the bigger upset is that I've got the overhitting, um, but I think that barely. Um, but I, I got Nebraska winning 24-23. Um, I, I don't feel great about it. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I could honestly see this game go in a number of ways. I could honestly see Maryland coming in here and throwing the ball all over the yard on Nebraska. I could see Maryland coming in and just totally getting shut down because, as we've heard from the defense kind of all week long they're kind of pissed off about the performance last week even though i feel like we've now gotten to the point to where the performance against michigan state has been made worse by the defense like they the way they talk about it they gave up 50 points um you give up what 20 points in a big 10 game you probably should win that game uh, but having a featured offense will do that to you um i don't have confidence in nebraska's offense but maryland is just maryland at this point so 24 23 nebraska and what is a, my lowest confidence pick of the season they get bowl eligible uh but nothing would surprise me here but i'll but i'll stick with my nebraska by one point and for a bonus on a tristan alvano field goal at the end to win it steve
0: steve you get one loss on your record and now you're second guessing yourself you're hesitating uh, you I you were super hesitating on picks and uh going into michigan state and then you had nebraska and first nah, loss come the season. on man now it's like
1: i have no idea that um, east lansing trip jeez i i I Such just a keep, disappointment. Yeah.
0: Gray and cloudy though. I thought you liked that. I thought you liked that. It, no, it was no,
1: like, Hey, he's Lansing as a town. Awesome. The environment up there. Awesome. I loved that it was gray and dreary and everybody just like looked meh out there. I just love that. That's me. You were but, born to be in the big 10 West. I absolutely. Well, I was born <laughs> in this. I just live with it, live with it. <laughs> born was, in I, the I, darkness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Shout out Bane. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a big game, and um, it was super disappointing last week for for the team just to do do that. Um, Matt Rule didn't think um, – he didn't say the word flat, but I think, you know, the defense came out a little bit flat in those two chunk plays that um, Michigan State got on that first drive. That just kind of gave everybody, I think, inside they're like, okay, well, this is going to be a fight now. Uh, everybody kind of pegged that as a win, um, and I think we were all taught a lesson not to not to count on things with Nebraska just yet. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a, ultimately a disappointing trip for, for Huskers, but Hey, they got, they got another opportunity, Maryland, um, coming to town. So
2: again, I'm excited for this thing. So now, so now after all of that, Zach, have you settled on what your, your final prediction is going to be?
0: Yeah. And, uh, this is subject to change. If, uh, if you wind up reading in final score predictions on Friday, that a different score and even maybe even a different team winning the game or. Uh, a tweet where I say this is my final score prediction. And it's completely different than the other two. Um, I all rights reserved. I reserve the right. I reserve the right to change. But I just keep going back to to what my gut's telling me over the past couple of days. I mean, not just my gut, but um, looking at a lot of the same things you guys said, and um, looking back at some of Maryland's games um, and outcomes from the first half of the season, and then the second half, and um, I, I'm going against, I'm going against a couple things that I think that I've, uh, been considering is a lot uh, the same stuff. Steve said, as, as far as like, it's a, it's a tough trip. You just got walloped by Penn state. You just got beat. You just got beat up by Penn state. Um, and now you're making that, that cross country, uh, trip to, to Lincoln, Nebraska. It's not going to be an easy or fun trip. And, that was that was my point. Going back to back to the spring and then summer and then uh, fall before the season started is I, the entire time I had Nebraska splitting against at Michigan State and versus Maryland. I was like, I don't know, I don't know yet who I want, uh, which one I think they're going to win and which one I think they're going to lose. I just think you're going to split those two, and now they've lost to Michigan State, and I'm going against the thing that I've said this entire time and I'm probably going to be kicking myself for it if I do uh or now that I am doing it but I have Maryland winning this game 28 to 13 because I just keep coming back to not the Maryland defense I mean their pass rush their pass rush they have 27 sacks over the uh first 9 games which is just one behind Nebraska at 28 um I think they I think they're going to have the ability to to put pressure on on Nebraska they have a rushing offense that's not that bad they just they have negative 49 rushing yards uh, against Penn State last week because of all the the sack totals and permission event right now. I hate, I hate, hate, hate the college football rule that sacks count against rush totals. That's like, that's my number one rule. I think I hate, I don't know if you guys feel strongly about
1: that as I do. I just don't get it. Yeah, absolutely. I hate it. I go to bed every night, like, you know, damning it to hell and back. So um, yeah, I, I hate it with a passion. that's as it's good stupid. of a
0: testimonial as I could hear. Yeah. That's I know. no. I really I have. It. Gotten really bad. So anyway, thinking. anyway, I think I think there's just the the script is there where I just don't think Nebraska's offense will be able to keep up with a Maryland offense if and when this Husker defense gives up those explosive plays, which I know I know has been such an emphasis uh in and Matt Rule and Tony White when they're talking about the the Michigan State game and getting things corrected and Greg and I have talked about it. Um, in the last two rapid recap videos, but I mean every every game this year, except for Northern Illinois, Nebraska has allowed multiple. Uh, multiple explosive plays and going back to that Colorado game that that was what lost them the game is those big chunk plays and I see those I see those coming um, on Saturday, I think. That's uh, the Maryland passing offense, number two in the Big Ten, number 2017 in the country is, um, is going to be able to get behind that uh, Nebraska defense man-to-man coverage a couple times and, and break free. So, um, and, and looking back, I mean, I'm also going against the fact that it, this is still the Maryland team that had Ohio State on the ropes in Columbus. It was 10 to 10 at halftime and before the, uh, the bottom fell out against a really strong... Ohio State defense that does take the ball away um and nebraska uh, we talk about the fact that yeah they barely beat northwestern they barely beat or they they lost northwestern and they lost to illinois um but i i still I'm kind of putting those results in the the actual results in the in the rear view mirror and i mean i if you can compete against Ohio State at Ohio State, I just um that's one data point that has me picking the Terps, I mean, and it's also going against the fact that during that, during that game, they, it was tied 10-10, and um, Maryland was driving, could have easily kicked the field goal to go up 13-10, going into half, and just one of the worst, one of the dumbest coaching decisions and, um, and plays I've seen, like, they they threw a pet, they had no timeouts left, like 10 seconds left, they could, kicked like a 40-some yard field goal, and then they threw like a three-yard pass into the middle of the field with no timeouts left, and clock ran out, and that was sort of the turn, that was the turning point in that game, man, I think in the Terp season, and they've lost four in a row since then, they had Ohio State on the ropes, and um, Bob's fallen out since then, but enough rambling for me, 28-13, probably going to regret it, but we're, we're
1: rolling with it anyway, baby, so rapid fire final thoughts from you guys. Yeah, I could absolutely see a Husker loss on Saturday because I think Maryland has the tools offensively to to kind of put Nebraska's defense in some situations that it doesn't want to be in. Um, that's that's one thing that Maryland has going for it. And I like their run defense. I like their some of uh, Maryland's run defenders on their defensive front. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a really tight game. Like I said earlier, it's not going to be one that Husker fans are enjoying because it's going to be tight and down, down to the fourth quarter. And um, I, I just think it's going to be a really, really tough game.
2: Prepare yourself, Husker fans, for another tough one. As Steve said, um, I—it's I, just—it's just, it's you just tough. You picked them to win. You it's tough. To win. Yeah, but I don't—I don't feel confident about it. Yeah, like, I don't feel I don't confident either. Then. Either way, w- wouldn't surprise me here. I think now we're back to like just not knowing how to pick this team, and I think it's indicative mm-hmm. of just kind of where they are. They're not a very good team. They're not a horrible team by any stretch of the imagination. They have definitely they improved from last year, but they are not like. The, and they don't, the defense is good but they were due a flat performance and maybe we didn't give enough credit to that. Um, but the same way that the offense is due to kind of just have one where they break out as well, because as Matt rule, keeps saying, if you're watching this on video, they're like this far party um, from having some big plays. Um, and so maybe that happens too. Uh, either way, it'll be fun to tune into. It'll be fun to be there and cover. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's a huge game because Nebraska has to have it. Um, otherwise it's going to get dicey around here uh, with those last two games so yeah it'll be tough
0: yeah I just think last thing for me is I think it comes down to the um, I think one of the biggest factors that comes down to is that explosive play battle I mean Nebraska is almost I I think inevitably going to give up two three four of those explosives and this Nebraska offense is so reliant on those explosive plays I mean Matt Rule talked about it on Monday that we need we need to convert third downs or we need to hit on um, some explosives, and I, I consider that 20 yards or more passing um, or running—that's my definition of explosives. Uh, but and you look back at the at Nebraska's games, they've they've gotten at least one, if not two, explosive play touchdowns in every single game this year, except for Michigan State. They couldn't couldn't quite get it. I know Harbick had the big run, but couldn't polish it off. But I just when you're so reliant upon that. It just makes me hesitant to to pick you against a, a team that has the capability of of hitting you for those same same big plays, and uh, you have to keep up with an offense like that. I just don't think that Nebraska has the offense to to do it right now with the way they're they're running things. So that's sort of what it comes down to for me. But uh, again, we'll see. 11 a.m. Central on Saturday. The game is being streamed exclusively on NBC's Peacock app. So you're gonna have to. Sign up for a subscription, and if you do, you can watch The Office too. Boom, there it is. Got it. Got the Office reference into a Bull Predictions podcast uh, yet again. So uh, we'll have more coverage on on Saturday at InsideNebraska.com. Encourage you guys to go there and check it out. Encourage you guys to like this video and subscribe to the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel to get these videos and all of our press uh, post press con- post game press conference coverage um, directly into your feed. So. And that'll do it for us, for Steve Mark, Greg Smith. I'm Zach Carpenter. We'll catch you guys again next time.